welcome listeners to season four, episode 20 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Kelly, and my pronouns are they, them. And this week, we are watching Scare Package from 2020. And we'll be joined later by special guest, actor Josephine McAdam. But first, we have an inspired beverage creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be fun for all horror tropes to enjoy. This episode will contain discussion on sexism and misogyny. If these are things that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode. So I made the drink this week. Yes, and I like that you've finally given up calling it a cocktail in the beginning. Thank you. It's a beverage. <laughs> it is This uh, drink contains no alcohol, and it's a very simple, fun thing. And it's something that I uh, recently discovered and I want to share with everyone because everyone, meaning that this is not only for patrons today, it's a fun way to jazz up a chocolate milk. <laughs> so I call this a chocolate nostalgia. Um, and I've seen restaurants do this sometimes where they like lace the inside of a cup with chocolate syrup yeah. before they put the milkshake in or whatever the beverage is. And then if you have it with a straw, you get sometimes like nice little chunks of chocolate <laughs> and it makes it really good. So um, I did that to a champagne flute <laughs> for this Very chocolate fancy. milk. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and of course, we got some whipped cream on there and we went all out and got fancy chocolate milk from the grocery store. But you can make this with any chocolate milk. Even like Nestle quick powder is good. Yeah. It makes me think that it needs like a maraschino cherry on top. Oh, if we had those, I would have done it. Because it's almost like the, just the fact that it's got the whipped cream makes it look like it is a chocolate milkshake. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you, you got to have that cherry on top mm. for reasons. I don't know why. Because it's fancy and it's fun. Yeah. It also adds a, a splash of color for the plating of the milkshake. <laughs> yeah. This one, I thought about it after, but the chocolate syrup in our container was almost gone. And so it kind of made like splattering on the glass. And I was originally going for a nice drizzle. But, you know, that just makes it more horror. Yeah. It's arterial spray. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like from from chocolate cows. Yeah. Yeah. They also bleed chocolate, apparently. That got morbid real quick. (laughs) How are you enjoying your chocolate nostalgia? It's good. I want to take the whipped cream afterwards and just squirt it into my mouth. (laughs) Um, Or do both, like double shots of the chocolate milk and the whipped cream. Yep, yep, yep. I like it too. It's nice. Yeah. Chocolate milk is good. Delicious. I feel fancy. I get a little white mustache every time I take a sip. It's good. Yeah. Trying to be less uh, sugar. I don't drink a lot of chocolate milk, so it's nice as a tr- as a little treat. A little of chocolate as a treat. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Which is not good for cats. <laughs> not for buddies. Not although buddy approved. He definitely would be all over this, especially because of that whipped cream. Buddy approved, not buddy safe. There we go. <laughs> So this week we watched Scare Package, which premiered on June 18th, 2020. It has seven directors for seven tales of horror. Uh, So let me go through them all one by one. Courtney and Hillary and Dujar from The Girls' Night Out of Body. Anthony Cousins from The Night He Came Back Again, Part 4, The Final Kill. <laughs> Emily Higgins uh, from Cold Open. Aaron B. Koontz from Rad Chad's Horror Emporium slash Horror Hypothesis. 
Chris McEn- McEnroy? Chris McEnroy? Mac- McEn- McEnroy? Yes, sure. <laughs> from One Time in the Woods, Noah Segan from Mr. and Baron Vaughn from So Much to Do. So again, this is a anthology film that we watched uh, and it stars Jeremy King as movie store manager Chad Buckley, Joe Bob Briggs as himself and Josephine McAdam as Final Girl Kelly. This storyline was written by Yusuf Biskin on IMDb. Thank you. Chad Buckley is a horror aficionado and he's lonely. Chad spends his days at his struggling genre video store arguing with his only regular customer, Sam. When an unsuspecting applicant shows up, Chad begins to teach him about the rules of horror and his video store at large, much to the chagrin of Sam. During Chad's onboarding process, we weave in and out of different hilarious horror shorts, each one geared at a different set of horror tropes. As his new applicant learns the ropes, he begins to suspect Chad of something sinister, but we quickly learn that he may have a secret of his own. Dun, dun, dun. I was chugging my chocolate milk. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to go like back and forth on these? I put the uh, mini synopses of each story here. Uh, Sure. Cold open. Mike Myers is a stock horror movie background character tasked with facilitating the horror circumstances other unsuspecting horror characters find themselves in. One time in the woods, Trip, Mark, Dawn and Brenda are camping in the woods when a man shows up warning them to leave or he is going to kill them. The man falls and starts convulsing and transforming into a pile of green goo. The goop does the goop. <laughs> the group does not survive and one of them also gets infected and transformed into the green goo monster. Mister, a man goes to the bathroom at a bar and notices a flyer advertising an organization called Mister, which stands for Men in Serious Turmoil Establishing Rights. Oof. (laughs) The group invites him out to an empty football field where they all transform into werewolves. The husband kills each werewolf one by one and comes home to a party his wife has put on. He shows her some werewolf fur he's skinned from one of the wolves. Everyone dons black robes and commence a ceremony with a pentagram in the middle of the floor. Girls' Night Out of Body. A group of girls go out to a cabin to relax and steal a special piece of candy from a corner store that was not for sale. One by one, the girls' heads transform into the demonic candy shape. And they also discover a violent man was stalking them the entire time. They pull him inside the cabin and kill him before having a fun pillow fight. (laughs) The Night He Came Back Again, Part 4, The Final Kill. A group of teens are facing off against a killer that just keeps coming back. They have him tied to a chair and try to kill him in different ways. Daisy is the last one standing and she shoves the killer's body into the wood chipper as he reveals that he's her brother. (gasps) She tries to stop, but it's too late. She watches a 4th of July fireworks display as the killer's reformed hand comes out of the pool of blood. So much to do. A woman is trying to get home to watch the season finale of her favorite show. And on the way, her body gets possessed by an unknown being. The show is on the TV and she battles the unknown being for the remote, managing to win. A friend spoils the show's ending for her anyways (laughs) via text. Rad Chad's Horror Emporium. All the shorts are described as real films in the through line, which then turns into the movie's finale as Chad finds out that he is in a real horror movie with his new employee being part of a company running tests on horror killers. Chad tries to escape with the other horror tropes like jock, stoner, and final girl Josephine McAdams. But spoilers, well, we'll leave that for the interview. 
<laughs> Hit me with that trailer audio. You're a cold opener. You only have a few minutes to put all the pieces in place. This is the best house on the market. It just seems too good to be true. What would happen in a horror movie now? Hi, I'm hunting a creature. Well, a man. Maybe you've seen him? How are we going to fix this? I'd like to rent a wood chipper. We are in a horror movie. Nobody? Horror. Horror movie. What do you mean what's happening in the movie? Just watch the movie. That was a pretty good trailer. That was an excellent trailer. It uh, showed a lot of the gore, so it kind of gives away how gory it is, but... um, Which we did not know going in. And the first one, or not the first one, but it really kicks off in that goo monsters. Yeah, it's like every, uh, every like explosion of guts or bloody head head shot or anything like that is really uh, utilized in that first one. So, yeah. Quite, quite, quite a gore fest. <laughs> it was a nice trailer, though. It was fun. We didn't even see the trailer before going into the film. So that was nice. And yeah. it definitely sets you up. It doesn't like make you think it's something that it's not. Yeah, it's, it's really honest in its uh, theme. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was good. I would watch that movie if we hadn't already watched that movie. Let's watch it again. <laughs> you have some thoughts? We got to be speedy because we got Josephine on the line. Yeah, she's waiting. I can <laughs> see that light blinking right now. Except she's not. We already did it. <laughs> uh, my first one is that uh, it's got a strong Clerks vibe, but Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Yeah. Now, here's the th- here's the thing. I've never seen Clerks. But I imagine <laughs> that this is the vibe that Clerks has. Is that a TV show? Uh, technically, it's a cartoon now. But um, OK, no, it's a movie. And then there's Clerks, too. It's got Kevin Smith. It's like, I don't know. I Again, I've never seen Clerks, <laughs> but I imagine it's about a I think it's about a fast food restaurant. And I think a bunch of people come in and have conversations and then <laughs> stuff happens. This is an amazing point. I'm really loving. Listen, my recommendation is not Clerks, <laughs> so I don't need to know anything about Clerks. Of course, right, right, right. But you know those like conversations you have with your friends where it's like, oh, who would win in a fight between so and so? Yes, and then completely. it gets like really, really in depth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's kind of like the feeling that this movie gave me uh, with the like through line. Okay. And then it kind of does that. It kind of like. It doesn't intentionally do this, but I almost get the feeling of like the short movies are the answer to those questions. So it's almost like horror fans having conversations about like, what if this trope happened in a movie and then you watch it as a movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes, completely. I agree. I agree. The They were very strong in their horror tropes with the like genre sectioning off in each anthology yeah. moment. And it's cool because it also has that flavor of this was written by people who were fans of horror movies and not people that were just trying to capitalize on horror movies. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the like conversations that they have or like the the tropes that they have fun with are actually done seem like they're done by people who, you know, spent hours and hours having those conversations in a movie shop. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. That's one of the main things you miss about going to the the blockbuster. So I hear I never had conversations with strangers when I went to the movie theater or not movie theater, the video store. Yeah. But uh, you hear that a lot come up in the 
in cinema. Yeah. I always knew what I wanted to rent because I had like Nintendo power and Xbox magazine. So I was like, I know what game I'm getting. I don't need to ask for (laughs) recommendations. Yeah. My second point is kind of meta. So bear with me. Oh my. Just like this film. Yes, exactly. Um, So we don't really like delve too deeply into like indie movies on this podcast. Like the few that we've watched have either been really, really good or really, really bad. But I feel like because we need to hit like the SEO of like The Shining and Halloween and Exorcist, we don't really have the liberty to watch stuff like this too often. Yeah. But for I'm, the podcast. Yeah. 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 For the podcast. And I because like that's that's where we get to talk about it the most. Yeah. Have um, a, we really do like open up our whole lives to this show. <laughs> yeah. like, this is a big part of our lives. Exactly. <laughs> um, so this movie really like made me want to do more of that in the future. Um, again, being meta SEO, Google analytics, all that stuff need to hit those keywords. But I do, I think like watching stuff like this really inspires me to watch more stuff like this. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as, uh, like lives have gotten busier, I mean, there's the whole panini. We're also like on the verge of being burned down now where we're living. It's great. Fires everywhere. Wildfires. Uh, it's gotten really stressful, but it's nice to reconnect in these moments of recording the episodes and like center ourselves and talk about some horror. And you're so right about how like we don't really watch a lot of indie stuff. So when we do, it's a really nice treat. Yeah. Just like the chocolate milk I just had. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's definitely like, like big name horror movies. You don't really get recommendations for. They just show up in your advertisement feed and you're, or you're like, Oh yes. A quiet place too. Definitely going to check that out. Yeah. Um, And like this sort of is one of those movies that like you would have to have someone recommend to you who had seen it. Otherwise, you might end up with watching a bad one like that Easter Bunny one we watched. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) And I think like especially because of the Panini, we don't really have the opportunity to like hang out at public public places and get recommendations that often. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got recommended to watch this by the person who was in it. Thanks, Josephine. <laughs> and that's my points. I just have one point. Um, well, I guess I could merge it into or split it into two. But one thing that I wanted to do was an anecdote about how the credits on this movie are amazing. They, I love films that, uh, when you see the credits, they like show you which actor played which name. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah, name yeah. and the face. They put them together for me. And that's really great for me as a visual person. But this movie took it a step further by um, designing like the actual VHS cover of each story. Yeah. As well as showing who was who and all the cast and crew, which was really, really cool to see. It was also like the first time we got to see what the name of each segment was. Yeah, which was fun. Mm -hmm. And then I also wanted to talk, you touched on this a little, Kelly, about how everything, you could tell that this movie was made by horror lovers, not just people trying to cash in. 
since our scaredy facts section today is going to be an interview, I did want to just shove in a scaredy fact <laughs> about all the little horror nods and, and references that they had. Ooh. So in one of the final moments of the movie, you see a map of the what's the word? Facility. Yes. Facility that they're all in. Uh, and it includes a bunch of names of all the rooms. So it's called the Xeno, the Xenobite Cafe from Hellraiser. The last records room on the left. Last house on the left. Server room 237. Shining. Outpost 31. <laughs> the thing. VHS archives, VHS, obviously, Delta 88, Evil Dead. And then there's all, they also feature like the deep, beep, beep tracker sound that's a identical from Alien. Oh, yeah. Is in this film. And as soon as it started happening, I was like, oh my God, it's from Alien. Which is funny because we were playing Alien Isolation around that time. Yeah. Yeah. So it like double rung true in my veins. Um, and then, of course, all the turning of the horror tropes on their heads at the end of the film was really great. But we talk about that in the interview. So don't know why, but I thought you were going to say all of the turning of the screw. <laughs> <laughs> so many horror movies based on that novel. Yeah. Uh, I've got a VHS, but it's in one of those cases, you know, the old ones that like Disney movies would come in. Oh, yeah. And it kind of looks like a book, but there's a face on it. <gasps> so it's time to open the Spooky! Lion King came in one of those things for me. <laughs> My recommendation is Blood Fest from 2018. And I didn't really have a film to recommend for this. I didn't want to do Trick or Treat or Cabin in the Woods or one of the ones that I always recommend because we've spoken about them so much. So you know that we want you to watch them. But so I haven't seen this one, but I was actively searching for similar movies to this genre, this style. And uh, it's a film about a horror film festival where everything is not what meets the eye. Mm. And it was very intriguing. And now I really want to watch it. And that is Blood Fest from 2018. Hey. Um, my recommendation is a little bit weird. Ooh. So I know that we are a movie podcast. So a lot of our viewers might not, or a lot of our listeners might not play video games, but this game is not that like tactilely complicated. Um, and it's more of like a story game. It's called Paratopic from 2018. Uh, it's a video game that kind of uses the VHS style to tell a disjointed, but compelling and weird story. Uh, it's very unnerving, but has like incredible music. And that is Paratopic from 2018. Nice. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. Hey, friends, season four of Drinking and Screaming is coming to a close, and we want to hear from you. Fill out our audience feedback survey at bit.ly slash survey 2021 all lowercase, and let us know your thoughts and ideas about the show. Like what we should do for our 100th episode. Tell us! Make your voice heard. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by American Nightmare Candle Company. Remember that you can get 10% off your order on their Etsy page with code DRINKANDSCREAM or buy from their new website, AmericanNightmareCandles.com. You can bring the horror into your home with a handmade soy wax candle from American Nightmare Candle Company. Available for purchase at Etsy.com slash Nightmare Candle Co. or AmericanNightmareCandles.com. Evil Amy sent us some amazing fall hand towels that have cute little pumpkins on them. Did you know that it's 100 days till Halloween? 
I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be less than that. It'll yeah. be less. That's Which, even better. You have less time to decorate now. <laughs> they have a wide selection of kitchen towels from spooky to fall chic. Get yours. They ship globally at evilamysterrorshop.com and use code EVIL10 for 10% off your purchase. This season of drinking and screaming would not be possible without the support from Mad Lab Distillery. Although we didn't use their stuff in today's mocktail, we do use their stuff whenever we make one of them alcoholic cocktails. You can get their awesome stuff at madlabdistilling.com. Stuff. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Stuff, 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 stuff. You still didn't edit all the the stuff out. Sorry. Liquor. That's the stuff they have. Liquor and bitters (laughs) and glassware and stickers. Oh, they also have, you can buy, this is all off the cuff, but they have their Viking vodka. There's now a special edition that has a rainbow on the cover and all proceeds year round are being donated to LGBTQ charities. So if you're going to buy anything from them, Buy some Viking vodka of the special edition. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, on Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinkingandscreaming.com. We want to hear from you, you know? I need a synopsis for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Spoilers, that's what we're doing next. Send it to us. Send it to our email and we'll thank you on the show. And now it is time through the magic of editing to be transported to the interview with Josephine. Wait, I, VHS going in. <laughs> Hello again. Welcome back, Josephine McAdam. We're so happy to have you back on the show. Thanks for inviting me back. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, For those of our listeners who haven't listened to the Mortuary Collection, we do have some people that sort of pick and choose our episodes based on what they've seen. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and fill everybody in on who you are, what you do, where they can find you. Yes, I am Josephine McAdam, actress, gamer. Um, You can find me on socials at JCVIM on most stuff, uh, including Twitch, where I stream when I'm not on set. You can check out a few shows that I am doing a Vampire the Masquerade game called LA by Night that is on World of Darkness's Twitch channel and Shikar, which is D&D on twitch.tv slash that bronze girl. And there will be a fun horror sci-fi project at the end of the year that I can't talk about, (laughs) but that I'll just say this about. (laughs) Okay, so watching Scare Package, holy crap. First of all, you got to play two final girls Mm -hmm. in the movies that we're talking about, (laughs) but then we got bamboozled with Mm -hmm. this one. Holy cow. But I have to ask right off the bat, like, this pipe impalement scene, give me (laughs) all the details. What happened? How long did it take? Was it super fun? Was it annoying? <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was not annoying. I I have had a lot of makeup on my face before, and that can be, whew, that can be a lot. Um, having it on my stuff, I mean, it was, for me, I was like, this is easy and this is fun. I was like walking around <laughs> with a pole. Um, I don't remember it taking too, too long, to be honest, um, because it went through a shirt, so it, it was, you know, relatively easier to hide yeah mm-hmm. yeah um it's not like they had to blend it into the skin or anything like that um so i don't remember it taking very long um 
but I definitely had it, you know, for a bit before the scene happened. And it was very, I had a lot of fun walking around <laughs> impaled. Um, and then it was just, yeah, working around, falling backwards with it on, you know, onto a mat or whatever. Um but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I remember it being very silly, very fun. <laughs> that's what, how? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's something I never really thought of is like all the people with like impalements or like <laughs> giant gouges in their wounds walking around the set. How fun it must be to just be like, "Yep, got a massive wound now." <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I can get silly on set sometimes. So <laughs> that's good. I was very much yeah cradling it as I walked. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it what was it made of? It obviously wasn't real metal because that would be no. a huge castle um something I'm light sure something light yeah. yes was it a pool noodle it's just a big pool noodle <laughs> i i don't think it, it was something it was still i don't know <laughs> that's fair. fair i should yeah. have asked them sir what is this made of <laughs> I, this is a, my mind just went there uh <laughs> but when you were like falling back did you like remove the back part of the pipe did you was there even a back part i don't think there was a back part it happened so suddenly so <laughs> yes i i think it might have just been a front and now i'm trying to think about perfect i've found photos Ooh. Uh, okay so it looks like we did the wound without anything coming out of, so i guess they did do something you know like where i won't even show you guys oh. you know where there's like a wound underneath but then the actual pipe when did that I think that just got slipped on. Yeah, it looks like it's just a front. Oh, okay, cool. Just, uh, just the front side of it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you look so happy being impaled. Being impaled, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So it looks like it was a two-parter. But um, yeah, I, I, we must have had it for a single shot. But as far as what I was walking around with, it was uh, just the front. How long was the filming process for this segment? Um, it seemed like there was quite a few shots, quite a few scenes, but I never know with anthologies how quick the turnaround is. Yes. I think I was on set just for a few days, maybe three, four. You see, my memory is <laughs> really something else. Um, <laughs> I, I traded out long term for short term memory a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Um, same. <laughs> I, I think I was on set somewhere between two and four days for me. It was it was not too long. Um, I think they probably filmed for about a week, and I know they did pick up shots later um, for certain things like exploding cars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, As one does. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my, my segments were taken care of pretty quickly in the first, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Two to four days. I remember um, flying back into Austin for it. Also filmed in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Texas. Um, we can't talk about this film without talking about how it uh, features so many horror tropes, especially your segment. I mean, with the guy like <laughs> listing yeah. them off one by one and uh, as it goes. Yeah. And I know we've spoken in the past about how you yourself don't watch a lot of horror movie, but I'm curious if you have something that you're really drawn to of about the horror genre, like a certain trope that you love to flip on its head or just love to see in films. Yes. Well, I think anyone that's seen my sort of improvisational work will not be surprised for me to say that I love when it's like people falling in love or being enamored with a monster. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. I 
a big fan. <laughs> it's a good trope. <laughs> the underbelly. It's a very popular one, especially with like yeah. Resident Evil and stuff coming out recently. <laughs> oh yeah, step on me. Oh man, yes. <laughs> yes. So you're a big fan of like Shape of Water and stuff then, right? Yes, yes. I love Shape of Water. Yeah, I'm a big, I don't know, I love the compassion for the monstrous. I don't know, I, I've always always enjoyed that. I don't know why. I mean, that definitely makes sense with L.A. by Night, actually, because uh, (laughs) there's a lot of that going on, especially whenever you're on. (laughs) Yeah, and I actually try to do that with almost any TTRPG that I am on. I know that that this is a little bit of shift, but, like, I always like that. I always pick out who is... If it's not like so that's more of a trope in horror, right? Like where you see it with a monster. And so like when I'm not necessarily in horror, I will still try and look for who is the least likely to be put in a romantic situation. And then I usually uh, go after that. <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, my heart. But it's so funny that you mentioned like, I don't know. You said, uh, I don't know why I love to go for the monsters. Um, but that's mm-hmm. like in horror. It's so frequently made that the monsters are the others. They are the people that are like us that are like the queer people or the the mm-hmm. the non cishet white dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so that's so interesting. Yeah, I uh you know, now I think I, I met my my partner now who we've been together for about, I think, 11 years this year. Wow. I, you know, I might Congrats. be bathing wrong, but we <laughs> met uh, working at a haunted house and he was a horrifying <laughs> monster. There you go. The chainsaw. And then he, he also played a Nosferatu at one point. You know, it's nice. just it was a lot. It all worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Now, going with this trope and this with this movie in particular, the idea of like twisting all of these tropes while you were creating this story, especially like with your own character, you were just placed in this box of you are the final girl, Mm -hmm. I guess, because you were wearing a pink shirt. I don't know what that was. but (laughs) There was another woman next to you who was more objectified. So Uh, she couldn't be the final girl. Yes, yes. It was just him like taking off these boxes. And usually when people do like the the standards for them are ridiculous, right? So I think it was like there doesn't necessarily need to be a <laughs> full blown but I and I think Aaron knew like I get cast in those roles. So it was like, yes, you know, here's the final girl and you know, they were just like it I just thought it was really fun. I love playing a red herring, mm-hmm. to be honest. <laughs> and um, I guess you sort of already answered this question, but with the atmosphere on set, was it, it very much like a, a very inclusive atmosphere, very fun? Yes, yes. Um, and so I, I moved to L.A. from Austin. And so at the time, um, I, I was living in, in L.A. and they flew me back to film this and so for me it was so lovely because I had not seen many of them in a few years and it was all people I knew and had worked with before and I had always wanted to work with Zoe who is the actual final girl (laughs) Um, and we had so much fun together Um, the crew everyone was so so wonderful and Aaron is like absolutely uh, exactly who would make this type of film (laughs) like he's just like an amazing person. We are still good friends to this day. Um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a lovely environment. It's, it was taxing cause you still have this like tight, um, with that one, it's, it's like you, you're doing an indie. And so 
I think it's like every day you're trying to get everything done in time, especially with something that has elaborate, you know, if it has stunts or it has makeup or everything, it's like you're always like running out of time. Yeah. Um, so budget. Um, Gotta be quick. <laughs> yeah. There was some time stress, but like nothing from the crew. The crew was always really pleasant about it. Yeah. And um, it was all, you know, it was all a lot of friends. It was fun seeing them all. That's nice to so hear. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much experience on set, but whenever I have been, it's like cut the tension with a knife of the amount of stress that's going on and with the production crew and the cast and everybody like kind of buffing heads a bit. So that's so nice to hear. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think the setting changes that a lot, depending where you are, you know, like uh, other films I've done, you do a like overnight shoot and that's a little bit of a different, <laughs> you know, when everyone's awake, when they should be asleep, like you, <laughs> the stress levels definitely spike, but this was, you know, it was a pretty easy, it was like during the day, we didn't have to wake up too early. And, um, we were also in an abandoned hospital Oh hell yeah! that you could just mess up. <laughs> you know, which is why they have those elaborate, horrible, you know, hallways. And so we would see those getting made. And so I think it was just fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, and working with Aaron, you said that you've is you've worked with him before. I had not. Okay. I was I was apparently on his radar on some list that he'd been keeping for a while. Um, and I hadn't worked with him yet. And he reached out. And uh, was basically, you know, I've been wanting to work with you for a while and I've got this project. And and then we just started talking from there. And um, yeah, I know it was our first time working together and hopefully not the last. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> Did Was there even an audition process or was it very much like I see you as this role? I don't think there was an audition. No. Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Hair flip. <laughs> 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 That's so great. Oh, perfect. And um, being on set with all these people that you wanted to work with that were all so, so kind. Was there any, I'm sure like there must have been some, do you have any fun stories for us? Anything to your favorite part about working with all of them? Or hmm. Well, it's so funny. Um, so most of all of the crew and Zoe and actually most of the actors I did not know. Because they, a lot of them were from out of state. They were, some were from LA, some were from Florida. Um, but Zoe and the crew, like everyone that was local, like I all knew them. Um, and so it was interesting um, meeting these new folks, especially as they just, a few of them just like fit into their trope they were playing like so well, <laughs> so easy for them. And I was like, okay, okay, I see. Um, but one of my friends was playing... <laughs> So great when I realized it was her because like there's this one scene that we walk in and it's just like there's bodies everywhere and we're like what the hell you know and sort of walking around and there's blood there's an umbrella there's like all the employees are dead and um, one of the contorted bodies is my friend Jen Brown you know and I was just because she also does some contortion and I was like what the heck you know it's like it's so funny like yeah this would be how we run into each other wow <laughs> um yeah just such funny situations I don't know in in horror <laughs> I think I know exactly who you're you talking about you commented on yeah, that body she's like all contorted and stuff yes. she's been twisted and I'm like whoa <laughs> let her yeah, know she's great. that we really we noticed <laughs> her we commented we appreciate her work yeah, yeah. that was good yeah, that was yeah, great yeah. oh man yeah she's a wonderful voice actress actually uh, I'm sure many people have heard her voice I think she works on uh, Ruby oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. yeah 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 
I've definitely, depending on who she plays, I've definitely heard her in one of the games a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and with um, this film, with Scare Package, did you get to go see a screening as well? No. You know what? It came out during the pandemic, so... Mm. Oh, that's right. There oh, was not pastry. Actually... Both both of them came out during this, so there would have been, you know, neither of them had big premieres. They they probably would have had, you know, both Mortuary Collection, Scare Package, both anthologies I had that came out in the past year was just the timing was what it was. But, you know, luckily with Shudder and the way that they hyped it up and... Um, Having Joe Bob Briggs involved, you know, oh, he yeah. sh- there was a big premiere online, so to speak, like through um, his drive-in show mm. that they have. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he did, that was the first time that they showed it, I think, just like, was it maybe a couple days ahead of its release or a day ahead of its release where he watched it and like made commentary and did all the all the stuff and ratings and um, that was great and I think that helped it, you know, uh have some excitement around it but yeah it was it was I saw it for the first time just once it came out mm. ah. uh, and I but I got some friends together and we watched you know online together and that's cool um it was it was fun to watch with friends I mean it is definitely one of those that's fun to watch with friends yeah for sure yes. you know, movies <laughs> oh yeah definitely like a, a Halloween party movie or like mm-hmm. yeah yeah gotta be in the right mindset but oh those it's yeah. fun, a very funny horror very yeah. very much comedy there yes was uh, and you guys already know that I am I get scared so 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 <laughs> easily I don't watch much horror but I was thankful I was like okay but this one's silly it's funny yeah. it's, you know there's a lot of comedy I was like I can do this <laughs> Uh, any other last minute things before we let you go? I feel like we've just burned through so quickly this <laughs> lovely time together. Um, mm, nothing I can think of in particular for that we're forgetting about Scare Package. With this one as well, you know, I didn't. It's always a surprise when you get to see the full film because you only ever see your little bit, you know, what you're yeah. on set for. And even my. You know, my the 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 uh, horror hypothesis that section that we were in, it's I still hadn't seen like all of the scenes. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. know how it wrapped up itself. And so it was it was fun to see how it how it did that. I really (laughs) enjoyed also with specifically this anthology film. Like we've seen so many anthologies. Horror in particular is a great genre to have like mini stories as an anthology film. Um, But I loved how they did the credits of this one. Um, Seeing each like VHS go in and then like reminding you of the story itself and then highlighting the people that were involved with that production. I thought that was really, really cool. And of course, we get yeah. another shot of you with the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Aaron just loves horror so, so much. And it's so clear. Like he was, there was so much love, so much like happiness each day that he was on set. Like some directors are like very uh, serious, just so focused that they're like in their head. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, but he was just so, he was always pleasant, always mm-hmm. happy and just excited to be making you know, horror together. And like, he just has so much knowledge, you know, reaching back and it's very clear when you're on set with him and it's, it's really lovely. Yeah. We mentioned that when we had you on for the mortuary collection, but it is nice to hear a horror set that didn't have a bunch of like trash, garbage, human beings torturing their 
their cast and stuff. So oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very heartwarming. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's always different when I don't know it, indies, and it depends. Like it's always who you talk to. There's always like someone who tries to get you to like whether it's stunt related or something. But I'm always very much a hard hard no. Like I won't do. I won't do certain stunts or things. Actually, Boundaries. there was a change that had Boundaries to be made because I, I definitely made a change with uh, once I am impaled, there was, I think the plan was for me to get like dragged in mm. and I was like, you know, by like my arm on on some sort of like rolling thing. And I was like, well, I'm I'm not doing that because that's probably going to dislocate my shoulder because I'm a human body. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and um. And I think there was just like some discourse back and forth. I was like, we can see is like if it's in any way going to injure me, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And and um, the, our killer, <laughs> uh, Dustin Rhodes, is such a sweetheart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was so pleased to meet him and get to work with him. And he was very like safety Conscious, safety um, conscious, forward. Like so much so, and he was like, he's like, yeah, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't no. do this. Uh, he's like, why don't I just carry her? And I was like, sure. <laughs> there we go. That sounds much more comfortable yeah. on my end, and <laughs> and it made for just such a sort of scary shot. Like I had my eyes like half open, and he, like just limp in his, and it was like so easy for him, yeah. uh, to do too, <laughs> and just like was just yeah, just it felt it was creepy too, and had I don't know. It was, uh, and you get added. It was fun to have those adjustments. Hmm? You get added to his his lovely Jason Voorhees style shrine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah what how a reveal sweet. at the end. <laughs> <Ooh. It's> so, <laughs> Talk about heartwarming. <laughs> it, it was funny too because when you got stabbed and like dragged out of the elevator, we were like, "Bye, Josephine." Yeah. And then you showed up again, and we're like, "Hi, Josephine." <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I didn't yeah. mention. How did I not mention? this your character's name which was never mentioned until the credits was kelly so obviously you're oh. you're my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> clearly did you see like uh, you guys that could see my face i was just like what was yeah. my name because i <laughs> i forget my character's names all the time and i don't know why well, but i do because i'm not think <laughs> yeah. I, you never talk about Your yourself right so it's never yeah. like a memorized name and so yeah oh, i mean man. it was ironic yes. too because the woman who dies first you were like she's the guy was like oh he's she's a a faceless one she died first and you're like she has a name she was a kindergarten kindergarten teacher teacher. but ironically you your name was never said (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then in the credits it's like there she is kelly ah Yeah. It's meant to be. Yeah. Meant to be. It's great. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, for yeah, chatting with awesome. us, giving us a peek behind the curtain. Our listeners are always so thrilled when it, we get to have somebody from the set come and talk. So <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thank you so so much. Thank you again for having me back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time. <laughs> you know, just keep doing horror things. Yeah. We'll just keep asking. <laughs> okay. I mean, it sounds like there might be something in the future. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Hello, friends. We're from the future again. Don't forget to rewind that VHS of the interview. <laughs>
<laughs> do you have a final thought before we wrap up this uh, this cassette tape? Yeah, I do. Um, this movie is a really good case for getting Shutter. Originally, you and I were kind of bummed that Shutter didn't have like the classics on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we've definitely been like sleeping on some of the original content up until now. And since uh, watching this movie, we've checked out a few more of their original stuff. Yeah, they have good stuff there. They yeah. do. It'll just keep me coming back. Yeah. My final thought is that I really enjoyed the effects that were featured in the film. They had a lot of prosthetics, a lot of gore, a lot of of really cool lighting. Um, I mean, Josephine got impaled. (laughs) That was great. Um, Really, really nice and interesting to see all of that effort in a local or not local, a recent film where a lot of times people rely on CGI. So that was awesome. Yeah. And I also want to remind everybody to don't forget to fill out our audience feedback survey at bit.ly slash DAS survey 2021. That's all lowercase. You can also find the link in the show notes or on our social media. We need to hear from you. We need to know. What do you want? Yeah. How can we make the show better? Yeah. What should we do for our hundredth episode? Yeah. (laughs) I don't have another question to ask you, but the survey does. So go do the survey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's been Scare Package, a movie about the ancient lost civilization known as the movie rental store. Next week is our season four finale. (sighs) And we'll be watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. (laughs) And remember, always scream responsibly. Uh, Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.